Hello, women of God. This is Erica. And Nurselli. And we want to welcome you to the Upstream Pursuit Podcast, the leadership podcast for Christian women going against the current. Well, last week, we talked about setting boundaries and looking to scripture for truth when it comes to setting those boundaries. And we also shared the example of how children will test those boundaries just to see just how much they can get away with. And culture is like a kid pushing boundaries, except that it also plays the role of the parent. And not just any parent, but culture is like that parent that lets their kids do whatever they want. However, we're not children of the world. We are children of God. And so this means that we have a loving Heavenly Father who sets parameters for us. So we have confidence and know which path leads to life and which one doesn't. Yes. So one of the boundary lines that seems to be shifting or already has shifted is what is appropriate or normal to wear in public and how do we outwardly express our identity as women? And I think that would be considered the topic of modesty, but that was the point of today's exploration. I can tell you right now, if we were to ask our moms how they would have described modesty back in the day, it would probably be different than what people would say it is today. For sure. So the question of the day is, should we keep shifting away from the old school thoughts on modesty or go back to them? So I'm going to try to beat you to the punch today, Narcelli. So oh, no. I'm going to start off and ask you the questions because you're always asking me the questions. So I want to ask you, when you think of modesty, what do you think of? I feel triggered already by this topic. <laughs> I want to put that out there um, because when I think of modesty, if, like real talk, I think of women's clothing mm -hmm. and I also think of double standard. Um, I, I really think that it is a term that is often associated with expectations for women, but not for men, which I really don't like. Um, it's almost like, at least for me, the word modesty sometimes can have a negative connotation and it does feel a little bit old fashioned. What about you? <laughs> okay. So I definitely have a feeling that you don't think it's that serious. <laughs> I definitely think we're going to not see, uh, eye to eye on this conversation and probably because I consider myself old fashioned when it comes to these kinds of expectations. Facts. And then when thinking about <laughs> <laughs> And when thinking about this episode, I struggled to describe modesty in words, to be honest with you. I mm. tried to picture what I would consider modesty for my daughter. Mm. And I think I ended up with seeing my daughter with clothes that fit her well, and she doesn't need to do anything to seek any type of attention or try to be attractive. But that might just be my rebellion against this new norm, because I see women these days that seem to just have a need to post pictures of themselves in positions that scream, look at me and tell me I'm pretty a lot more than I feel was in the past. I don't know. Maybe we just weren't paying attention to the past or something. Um, I think if I was to think back of how I was in the 20s, I probably would say the same thing. Yeah. I think for me, it's just the way that we talk about modesty. Like, it like literally brings me back to like those youth camp days when like we took the girls swimming and the older ladies, the older church ladies would tell the girls to put on a shirt over their swimsuit. And I always thought, well, why can't the boys put shirts on too? <laughs> well, lady parts are not the same as boy parts. It just doesn't equate to the same scenario. Why not? it just does it well no i mean when people go swimming for instance boys are men right they put on swim trunks to cover mm -hmm. their private parts but right. everything else is exposed and in the same way like young women with which we don't consider private parts we don't consider the stuff they're covering private parts no their top part of their body which you're saying that they should also put t-shirts oh on. 
well, well, okay, but that's my that's actually my point. My point is that in the same way, young women with bikinis are covering their private parts too. So why do they need to put a cover over their covered parts? Oh, I got you. It was like the extra cover. Yeah, like gotcha. And I and I do think like that's part of the problem for me. You know, God created men and women's bodies, and in Psalm one thirty nine it says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made, but we have somehow perverted that. Right. Like and we have, from my opinion, we just continue to over sexualize girls bodies and women's bodies. I can agree with that, but it doesn't mean that every single thing that applies to women should necessarily apply to men and vice versa. What applies to a man doesn't always apply to a woman. And I guess that's kind of where I was going with it. No, I and I agree with that, except that we're not just talking about other issues. Right. We're talking specifically about modesty. And I'm sorry, like if you're a man, like I also don't want to see your crack. So please pull up your pants. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I'm I'm super like this topic like gives me anxiety. Like I'm not kidding. Like, um, okay. For the record, I do think it is an, an important topic to discuss. I think what we both don't see at an eye on. I think it's mostly because I do agree with you that like I see things that I don't necessarily agree with. Sure. I think what I have a problem with is the way in which we talk about those things. And so, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, Adam and Eve, right? Like what was the first thing they did when they crossed that boundary line <laughs> and ate from the from, from the forbidden tree? You know, it says that their eyes were open and then they realized that they were naked and then they sewed fig, uh, fig leaves to make coverings for yeah, themselves. Yeah. And in today's eight days, like I literally picture like the ladies from church saying to Eve, no, 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 Eve, put on a shirt over the fig leaves, lest you make the man <laughs> sin. And Eve is like, hashtag too late. Um, so I think is, again, it's... um. It's the idea of just the way we talk about it. So another thing that drives me nuts about the whole modesty conversation is like when I hear people saying like, well, women shouldn't wear revealing clothes and then cause men to sin. And I'm like, I'm going to need men to take ownership of their own sin and like the sin in their own hearts. I Agreed. I don't think women should be the blame for men's actions. However, I'm going to need people to be rational about the idea that at the end of the day, men are going to look. So why act like they're not and get mad because they do. So wait, hold on. Do you think that there are women who dress a certain way to be impressive to men? I yeah. I mean, I do. I do think that. I think that there are definite women who do dress in certain ways to get affirmation from other people, including men. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I like. Th- hey, like I, I've been that woman. Well, okay. So I remembered a situation actually where I totally would look back at myself and say that probably not my most modest points in my life do you remember my red dress in Puerto Rico you looked real good (laughs) (laughs) well I was definitely trying to get some attention and because I needed a dance partner that's basically and (laughs) I have to tell you that we both looked real good in those red dresses (laughs) and we got pictures to prove it we do you know and and here's the thing yeah I mean, guilty as charged, right? Like we have done exactly. it. And, you know, I, yep. I kind of reflect on, on that experience. And like my my excuse, right, is like I didn't know the Lord. And I don't know. I was in my 20s. <laughs> you know, I was too. And I did know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of that period that I say, like I, I, I was trying to figure out my own balance of what things meant. And I would definitely say that if I was to look at what modesty is now and look back at my 20 year old self, I don't think I would fit the bill. 
And so I I think there were things that I I didn't know in my 20s that I wish I did maybe understand a little bit better in terms of my walk in faith and then how how I reflected myself in the way I dressed. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's why I'm I'm really looking forward to having this conversation because I, I do think that, well, number one is, you know, I know for myself, like, I, I want to learn more about what is modesty and what isn't. And I want to move away from the do's and don'ts and focus more on the why. And I think, like, I know for me, that'll be helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah, I get that and completely agree. And this is one of the reasons why I suggested we explore this topic, even though I feared we may agree to disagree in some of this stuff. Um, We want to challenge ourselves to move beyond our own opinions and to Mm -hmm. align ourselves and our pursuers with the truth of God's word about this topic and basically not our opinions right? Based on what we've learned and what we've seen, but to look to God's word and what he says about this type of topic. Yeah, that's good. Let's, I am begrudgingly saying let's do it. <laughs> okay, so let's do it. Um, We're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, if everyone would grab your Bibles, yes, grab your Bibles. Let's take a look at the scriptures together. All right. Hold on, hold on. Let me get it. Okay. What if somebody's running while they're listening to this podcast? Well, clearly you don't have your Bible, but when you get back, you can read it. <laughs> I got it. Okay. So now remember, we're not Bible scholars. We're just two ordinary women searching for truth and doing our best to lead a life that's honoring to God. So we're going to turn to 1 Timothy 2, 8 through 10. And it says, Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray lifting up holy hands without anger and disputing. And I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves, not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. The second part of this verse talks about women not teaching or assuming authority over men. And we're not going to discuss that topic today, but maybe in the future. But today we're going to focus on the topic of modesty. Yeah. And you can always count on me to bring you definitions because (laughs) I have no idea what propriety means. Um, And so, you know, like you read here, the scripture says, it says that the women should dress modestly with decency and propriety. So our good friend Google has three definitions for modesty. So I'm going to sum them up. And so to sum up, modesty means moderation, inability, amount, behavior, manner, or appearance. Mm. So in light of what you just read, Erica, Paul is instructing women to be moderate and behavior manner or appearance to avoid impropriety or indecency so like stay with me for a minute okay Mm -hmm. so then google defines impropriety as a failure to observe standards or a failure to show honesty or modesty um improper language behavior or character which means that propriety is conforming to conventional standards of morality or respectability and decency is behaving within those standards Mm. So it didn't really just focus on clothing, but it also, and maybe more so, about behavior and character of a woman. Correct. So modesty 
is behavior, manner, or appearance intended to observe those moral standards, mm. to um, show honesty, and to maintain good character. Mm. So, again, so modesty is about moderation, so not being excessive, so it means balance. Mm. The intent or the heart is to be honest, and then the standard is decency or a behavior that conforms to accepted standards of morality or respectability. So based on this alone, right? Do you think that modesty is outdated? No, but perhaps encompasses more than originally thought. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I and, it, and if I'm being, you know, I don't want to admit it, but it, it shifts my, pers- my own perspective about modesty, because if modesty means to be moderate, to be honest and decent, then, yeah, I definitely think that's something I can rally around. And um, and so I think, you know, maybe we can look at the context because there are things in scripture that are descriptive and others that are prescriptive. Mm. And so in other words, there are some things in scripture that were to describe how things used to be. And there are other things that tell us how it should be. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's good because when I was looking at this verse, it seems like this whole section is on instructions on public worship and the scriptures on how women should conduct themselves in church worship. Scripture is consistent about this. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, God gives instruction on how worship should be carried out. So I think it's important that we really consider what Paul is saying here. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. And according to the scholars, there were two things happening in worship. One is that the wealthy women would show off their wealthiness by wearing extravagant dresses and hairstyles. And this is why Paul references the elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes. This is because they would wear beads of pearls or gold throughout their hair. So instead of encouraging worship to God, they would be drawing attention to themselves and stirring up envy and jealousy among the women who just couldn't afford those types of elaborate gowns. The second thing is that they were also flaunting their figure and stirring up lust in other women's husbands. Hmm. Also, remember that Ephesus was a city of the goddess Diana, who was the multi-breasted idol and was super sexualized. Yeah, I remember this now because my pastor has shared this um, before that they would go down to the temple to do all kinds of inappropriate activities if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And they believe that the more they sin, the more it would bring them blessings. So, which mm. I think is so weird. But, um, and so one of the things he mentioned was that the prostitute would also dress extravagantly to attract suitors. And so that was mm. pop culture back then, you know? And the crazy thing is, that, I mean, to a certain extent, we do see this play out in our culture today. Um, we, you know, we do see women yeah. dressing in a manner that draws attention to their bodies. Yeah. And so according to Paul in what he is saying in this context, he's making a call for women to dress modestly with decency, propriety and to adorn themselves with good deeds. Yeah, no, that's good. And, and as I'm reading this, I'm reading this in a completely different way because he is talking about the women in that context specifically but the principle is the same for us today so essentially women in the world may not dress according to the standards of morality but that is inappropriate behavior for godly women especially women who profess to worship god and so i'm kind of like oh you know like wow because according (laughs) to paul a woman's most flattering clothing is good works yeah 
Um, and you know, I have to admit this really challenges me because earlier I had said that it irritates me when people place blame on women, right. For wearing clothes that lead men to lust. But according to the context you just shared, women were actually doing that and they weren't just leading the men to lust, but they were also leading women to Mm -hmm. envy. And so I go back to the intent, right? Like what is the intent of what we're wearing and adorning ourselves with? And if we examine our hearts, you know, is it intending to arouse something? in other people and I think we have to be honest with ourselves and we have to examine our motives yeah yeah now Narcelli you had another question or should I say concern about modesty and it was regarding the men like you say does modesty apply to men do you think well, I mean, I think outside of the fact that Paul was specifically addressing the issue of the day which was um specific to women, I do believe that the principle applies to all of us, both men and women, because if modesty is about moderation, decency and propriety, that's something that we all must do, right? You know, in Romans 12, 2, it says, you know, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And this conformity is not just for women, right? It is also for men. One of the verses that I um, reflect on often is first Samuel 16 7 in which the Lord is talking to Samuel and he says man looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart and some people take this to mean I don't have to care about what I look like on the outside because God knows my heart mm. and you better believe it he does yeah he does know our hearts which is all the more reason for us to be reverent yeah. with when uh, with the modesty that we present ourselves because not only is the Lord looking this is worship and like you were saying Erica if God ordains what worship looks like then we have to consider what is and what is not acceptable worship yeah yeah so how do we gauge if we're being modest because like I mentioned in one of our previous episodes I like checklists to know where I stand so these are some questions that I found that we can ask ourselves when thinking about modesty one of them is what is appropriate for the occasion so is it overdressed or underdressed is it going to call inappropriate attention to myself so will it distract others will it cause others to envy or lust Um, is it moderate Is it just too much, maybe too excessive or too far little? Moderation looks for a middle ground. Can I say something about this specific thing? Um, Because I I think this is something that really stood out to me about this verse. And is that, again, in the context of today, I feel like when we talk about modesty, our focus is on how little we wear. When in Mm. reality... Uh, This is why the word modest in regards to moderation is really important because that may be an issue, but also in that in the within the context of the scripture that you just read, the issue was not that they were wearing too little is that they were wearing too much. And so is it too much? Or is it too little? I think that moderation, like you said, is that middle ground. And that's what we have to find. Yeah, yeah. The other one was, what is my purpose in wearing this attire? So do I desire to be seen or complimented? Do I desire to be noticed by the opposite sex? So I wanted to pause uh, uh, for a minute because I think this one's really important because, you know, I am single, right? So I, you know, I think that there may be single women who are like, well, wait a second, like, I'm trying to find a man, right? Like, so shouldn't I be wearing, you know, something that may be attractive 
to find a partner, you know, or something like that. And I, and at least the way that I'm internalizing this question, right, is, you know, you're asking, do I desire to be noticed by the opposite sex? Well, yeah, but that's not the reason why we pick our, our outfit, right? Like, yeah. so we essentially ask ourselves, you know, is this appropriate for a woman who professes worship of God? And then we trust that that will be beautiful in the eyes of the man that should be looking at you. So, I mean, again, we can't control how a man will look at you, um, but you can definitely control like your desire mm -hmm. and what you choose to wear. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So more so like, you know, the motive behind it, right? Your, your motive wasn't solely to attract the man. Your goal is to be appropriate in worship. And if that so calls a man to be attracted to you, then that's a whole different story. But I think that the idea is that we we just question where our motive is when we're putting on whatever we're putting on. Yeah, that's good. And then the other one is, is it functional? Yeah. No, this one's a good one. This is the one that I always tell the worship team. Um, I always say, you know, like when you're wearing something like, and I'm talking about public worship, right? Mm -hmm. When you're wearing something for worship, like do a hallelujah check. Like you lift your, <laughs> you lift your hands, you know, <laughs> bend, um, you know, bow, kneel. And, you know, you should be able to lift your hands without exposing your body parts, right? Mm. Whether you're a, a man or a woman, right? Like, again, like, we're not trying to see the, I'm not trying to see your underwear either, young men, you know? <laughs> so um, lift your hands, you know, bow. Can you per perform at least, and I'm, I know I'm talking about specifically from the context of our worship team, but I think it's something that we can all apply, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is it functional, um, within what you're what you're doing right you know and again like going back to the bikini thing like what is it functional for you to go to the beach with the with the you know three-piece suit no right <laughs> just so it's not also functional that you show up with a bikini to an office setting yeah yeah so it's like thinking of it you know in those ways I guess yeah yeah no that's good that's a good example and then the last one I had was, could my outward and inward appearance negatively impact the worship of others? Yeah, that's good. I always ask um, myself, you know, is my appearance today, my inward and outward appearance, is it befitting of a king? Mm. You know, if I was standing in the presence of King Jesus, will my inward and outward appearance convey something to my king? You know, mm. because... Um, our outward appearance and our inward appearance like sometimes can hinder someone's worship you know because let's be real like some of our crappy attitudes don't lead anyone to Christ you know yeah. and so we have to ask ourselves about that um one thing that I always thought was really interesting is you know what my I have a niece that used to work for Michael Kors and in Michael Kors they have to um, in her branch, I don't know if it's like that everywhere, but they had to maintain a very specific dress code. And the reason for that dress code was because they did not want to distort Michael Kors' image. Mm. And so I believe she had um, even her hair color was in a certain way. And they told her that's not acceptable hair color for our store and our policy because it's not fitting of the image we're trying to portray and I guess this is my thing if Michael Kors has the right to say that 
and people yeah. are willing to you know to conform to those standards why in the world would we think it's old-fashioned yeah. right yeah to dress in a manner that's befitting king jesus the only king who lowered himself so much so that he gave his life it says that he humbled himself so much yeah. nailing himself to the cross yeah. and being obedient to it so that we can have life you know and again God doesn't demand that we do these things for salvation. So I want to make sure we we don't get into a legalistic perspective. That's good. Yeah. What I am saying is that if there's a company that's willing to have a dress code to ensure that that person's not distorting the image of that company, I'm saying I do think we need to consider how our outward and our inward appearance what message it conveys uh, to ourselves, to our families, to others about who is the king that we are worshiping. I hope that makes sense. No, that's really good. And I think it's a great segue to something that I really wanted to end with, which was sharing some scripture of what we should be clothed with. Um, and if you go to Colossians three twelve through 17, it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord God has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called to one body, to be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. You know, I have to say, Erica, I actually really enjoyed talking about about this topic a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> yeah. And I've learned different perspective for sure. Yeah. And I think it reminds me of just how important it is not to just get so wrapped up in our opinions, but to actually look for truth yeah. to guide the way we live and the way we lead. Um, And so I think we have to also be okay, you know, with shifting ourselves and ensuring that there isn't any ambiguity on whether we are in the world or we are in Christ. Yeah. So our challenge is to ask ourselves those questions, you know, that Erica mentioned, and we will post them on our social media as well so that you can revisit them and to step out of our homes clothed with an inward and outward appearance that is appropriate for women who profess to worship God. So pursuers, yeah. we hope you are willing to join us as we can continue to examine ourselves this week in light of what the Bible considers modesty. And let's adorn ourselves with good deeds, with good character, and let's stand for truth, pursuers. <laughs>